Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Copland Talk, your favorite podcast. This week, we're going over Chapter 12, Across the Terran, where, surprise, surprise, we're actually going across the river called Terran, in the town Terran Ferry. So, uh, this is Julia, by the way. I'm Lily. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you give us your first impressions of this chapter? Yes. Thank you, Julia. Beautiful intro. Beautiful. Thank Um, you. Thank you. Yeah, so first impressions. Let me read my notes. Um, So my first impressions are Moraine just destroys their poor fairy. Right, right. I think because she doesn't want, like, them to take over any people or Trollocs or anything like that. But just how she did Mm -hmm. it just seemed really shitty and to me, the fairy is the main attraction of Terran Fairy, and she just took that away. It's like they're going to have to build it. Yeah. It's not like they can just go to Ikea and buy a fairy and assemble it. They have to build this thing. She really? destroyed it with a whirlpool. And I don't know. It just it doesn't help her case in terms of being like someone to follow. And it certainly doesn't help her among Rand and the boys because they do not right. trust Aes Sedai <laughs> nor yeah, her. They're Does not already help. scared. Now they're full on terrified. Yeah, they're just because she just she looks the description in the book is she looks at it and then the world pool starts. And then she doesn't even try to yeah. explain. To it. be fair, no one was on the boat, though. So so good. She didn't kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, quick, yeah. a couple other things. As we know, Gleeman, I'm out on him. Get him out of my face. He's annoying. And he was whiny. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, why is he here? I don't understand the character. I'm sorry, Robert Jordan. Why is he involved? He doesn't add anything. He does nothing. He's annoying. He acts like he's entertaining them. But because they're trying to be like, you know, sus, he can't even do his stupid songs and his flute. Why are you here? Well, whatever. Out of my head. Goodbye. <laughs> um, Bye. Also, did not see coming. Egwene can channel or is Aes Sedai, Aes Sedai in training, whatever the term is, mini Aes Sedai for her right now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, people who are force wielding, but they're not Jedi. So they're just called force wielders. You know what I mean? Yeah. There is a term for it, but I don't think we've learned it yet. Yeah. It's like she's like before a Padawan Aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. all over the place here. But Really didn't see that coming. I had no idea. So that that's cool. And I'm sure we will explore this later because uh, Moraine gives like a ton of uh, exposition and backstory in so terms much. of Sidar and Sidon. There's a lot yeah. of shit going on. Oh, yeah. But in knowing all this, I think Rand's kind of jealous of Egwene because he's like, um, but will this prevent you from marrying me? Because that's <laughs> no. the fucking concern here. He's, he's got a problem, yeah. He really does. All right, so Jay, take it away with the sum. The sums. Okay. Let's get into it. All right. The main points of this chapter. So we start off with everyone making their way towards the river, preparing to cross it. <laughs> like Lily said, everyone, not just the Gleeman, but most people are grumbling about being cold and tired, except Egwene, I will say. She is marching to the beat of her own drum, just having a great time. Uh, I think even Rand mentions that, like, well, I guess there must be a difference when you've been forced into an adventure versus when you chose it, like Egwene did. So Uh I guess that's why she might be okay now. Or maybe she's just pretending, which is, I think, more likely. Absolutely. Anyway, they finally make it down to the Terran, which is the river. It's a very wide river. Rand and company have never seen a, a river this wide with such dangerous currents, so it's a little scary for them. <laughs> and when 
the ferryman and his crew come down. Everyone does their best impression of looking really tough. Rand even tries to emulate Lan for a little bit to make sure that, I guess, the Terran fairy folk were maybe thinking about uh, robbing them or something. Yeah, I was, Terran fairy I was confused at this point in the book because, yeah, it was like Lan kind of like gestured to them to like show their right. weapons. And that, that's yeah. when Tom Marilyn is like, <laughs> I'll just cut yeah. my nails. And it's funny yeah. right now. It wasn't. But <laughs> yeah. that part anyway, was weird. Anyway, they successfully intimidate them into not... I want to keep saying burglarizing them. It's not a home. Robbing them. So yeah. anyway, Master Hightower, the ferryman, and his crew, they seem nervous, but they get on the ferry and they start going across the river. And while they're going across, Rand ends up talking to Lan. We'll talk about this a little bit later, about like Rand was surprised that... They might be trying to rob them then, and Lan gives him a pretty good reality check, I think. This is part of Rand losing his innocence, finally, after leaving home. It's just, he's never met people that might try to rob you, I guess, mm-hmm. before. Yeah, it's like the first time you go to, a, like, New York City. You know, we're from right. Jersey originally, so it's like you go to New York City, and you're like, this is this is kind of weird. Should I, like, keep my purse in front of me on the subway? <laughs> yeah. Like, what's the yeah, like, vibe The here? paranoid parents, like, put your backpack in front of you and hang on to it. Don't yeah, look, exactly. Make sure you look like you know where you're going. Don't look like a tourist, but you're just there wearing, like, an iHeart NYC yeah. shirt. And, like, you look like a tourist. Yeah. You're in Times Square. It's obvious. Exactly. No, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like, yeah. people are mean outside of my hometown. <laughs> no way yeah. anyway they make it across the river and unfortunately like lily mentioned the fairy suddenly breaks loose from the ropes and gets stuck in a whirlpool i guess no one else can cross the river for a while that's too bad <laughs> to make up for that lan does pay the ferryman a little bit extra for their troubles and in response i loved this the ferryman lets out an inarticulate cry, snatches the <laughs> coins, and runs away. And everyone just runs off into the mist. That was so, like, I get it. They just saw, pro- like, they probably have to assume that Moraine or someone used the power to make a whirlpool, right? So, but do you think they even know? To me, maybe they just saw magic and they're like, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Well, <laughs> I know. I think, like, any normal person who sees uh, a phenomenon like that that's completely unexplainable Mm -hmm. like the ferryman just says like there's never whirlpools on the the terrain this has never happened before and he just run you just run away from your troubles absolutely i get it i get it um yeah so they're across the river they finally made it out of the two rivers they have left the shire my boys did it yeah they left the shire (laughs) (laughs) the hobbits oh and uh the chapter ends with them going into this really cool in my opinion cave made out of like fallen trees that Mm -hmm. lan had prepared ahead of time my boy is always prepared love that trait oh yeah and at the end like lily said again we find out that Egwene can channel which is quite the twist and rand is very much not happy about it i don't think any of the boys are happy about it but they're all just trying to ignore it and that's where we leave off with this chapter yeah yeah that's it actually goodbye that's, <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening. Uh, goodbye. If you don't mind, Julia, I have a couple points. Before we get into like the real Go meat for it. of the chapter, yeah. just a yeah. couple sort of things to filter through. I wanted to point out, because the chapter starts with the description of Moraine's fog, but then later she goes, there are not 10 women in Tarvalon who could do that unaided, <laughs> not yeah. to mention 
from the back of a galloping horse. Like, yeah, she's very proud of herself. We for get that. it. We we get it. Thank you. You're you're really good at this. I don't. Moraine, I um, I never really knew what I felt about her. I know you had asked me previous pods ago, mm-hmm. like, do you think she's good or bad, or like, what are your feelings on her? And I really don't know. And now I don't know. Like, I don't know what her intentions are. And then this weird shit, like, where she's just so full of herself. Which cool, you're a magician. Like, yeah, that's awesome. But I don't know. It just kind of had a bad taste in my no, mouth. No, I, I kind of like that. I kind of like that you can't quite suss her out right now yeah. because that was also how I felt when I was reading this series for the first time. I like I probably trusted her even less than you do at this point. I was like yeah. immediately sus of her, this woman who just comes into town and is like giving out coins to yep. strange boys and like just then whisking them away in the night. Like it's very weird and unusual even though it's she gives what seems like a good reason but it's also just very strange and you don't really know what's going on. And right. And they're her reasons. It's like you're, they're yeah, her. Yeah. It's her motivations. It's her journey that they're coming along. Also, Moraine and Lan, they just have all these coins. And I think they think that to get anything they want, they just give people coins. Oh, we need to get across the Terran. Right. Here's coins. We're going to destroy your ship. Here's some coins. You're coming with us. <laughs> yeah. Here's some coins. They just keep doing this to like win people over. Um, also, I want to point out a quote from Moraine. Rand sort of stumbles upon a conversation between Moraine and Lan, and Moraine says, he'll remember too much as it is and no help for it if I stand out in his thoughts. So I was thinking, reading the rest of the chapter, is this a reference to the fairy man? Like, uh, like there is this referring to the planned destruction of, of the fairy, where Moraine's like, oh, oh. They're, gonna, they're gonna know me, so let's destroy the ship. Because they never really yeah. talk about what this interaction is referring to it might just not be yeah. important i don't know but i wrote no down. there's a couple quotes uh coming up in in this chapter as well that are re- taken really out of context like all you just okay. hear rand hears like a side comment or something but not the question that was asked or whatever um so yeah i don't know i think she just she for whatever reason, doesn't want to be remembered by the people of this town. She just wants, right. like, Lan to be the one who's kind of, like, I guess nondescript in a way, but they're they're both, they both look unusual to the people of the two rivers, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, so, for all for all of Moraine's trying to, like, conceal them with a fog, she does nothing yeah. to conceal herself. She has a blue jewel on her forehead. She has a <laughs> weird staff. She's floating like a genie. So, you would mm-hmm. think... She would try to look more like a Gwen with the cloak. Absolutely not. She has to be right. a showy one. Whatever. I know you reference this in your notes too, but the Terran fairy slander continues. Oh, so yeah. yep. glad to have a village around him again, even if it was fucking Terran fairy. And then yeah. <laughs> later, yep. after they've crossed the river, Matt and Perrin announced loudly that the Terran was not half as wide as they had heard. <laughs> so fuck this I place. Know. It's like, <laughs> and but yet cut to the ferry and they're all just standing there like shaking yeah. like looking around like I can't even see the water's edge or like the the riverbank yeah. like oh dear god yeah and they're terrified of the haulers and high tower like mm-hmm. they don't trust yeah. them also I'd like to go back into uh litter talk so do if you remember a few pods ago we we're confused about Rand's litter and how that operates I also oh, yes am confused about the ferry in my notes I actually included <laughs> I yeah. googled like wooden ferry with ropes and tried to yeah, figure out, it. like, is this what they were trying? Is this what they're describing? Because in the book, I was confused because it's Hightower's, like, directing the haulers and they're pulling the rope. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are they in the mm-hmm. river pulling the rope? 
or and then so the pictures I have they're sort of it's on this like track of ropes are they pulling it yeah the whole I think thing this was confusing. what you have up here maybe I'll tweet out when this episode goes live I'll tweet out these pictures so people can also if anyone else has trouble and doesn't okay. feel like googling it we got you I'm a very visual learner and visual person yeah. I need the I need the pictures okay the show's gonna yeah. help me a lot yeah no if it doesn't come to me right away I'll either get stuck on it mm-hmm. or I have to just forget about it and move past it and I think for a lot of my first read of this series I was just like there's 14 books. I yeah. gotta just get through this. We just gotta. And power I can't through. even think about what it. Yeah. I can't think about what the litter or the fairy looks like, and I can't try to pronounce people's names because yeah. I don't have time for that. So then, then you have me trying to like slow down the process as much as I can. No, I think they are standing on the boat, pulling a rope that's like attached to the boat, holding it in, in place. Okay. And but it's probably bigger than those pictures because what like five or six or seven horses are on it and it can float with all the horses on it so it's like a big ferry it must be a big river too and even though we make fun of the boys for only seeing it their tiny stream or something in town but this has to be a massive river right like oh it's, absolutely it, it prevents people from getting into the two rivers right also if you're saying the ferry is much bigger than these pictures moraine takes down the ferry and creates a whirlpool with her her eyes this is insane like <laughs> i know I know it's so You're, she's too powerful and she has the weird angrel that's not right angrel dragon tail stone to help yeah. her she probably was like yeah touching it and looking that's probably what she was doing that's my my guess yeah it's funny because I guess it you were kind of hit over the head with the fact that obviously Moraine was the cause of that world yeah. but I yeah. had it in my notes being like hmm, I wonder if like Lily picked up on this but I think it's pretty much outright said no I mean the cause. you're right though I did in reading it I didn't get it like right after I was like that's kind of weird yeah. what a coinkydink but I think you helped me a lot because the chapter before she create or maybe it was the pre- whatever she creates the, uh, that fog and I had no idea even yeah. having read the chapter a few times that she created the fog I thought it was the Jackar or the Merdral doing that so i i am still getting used to moraine's powers and what she's able to do because um this chapter is kind of the first hint where she's actually talking about what it's like to be an Aes Sedai and what they can do because you don't get any of that shit from her we just figured out she was Aes Sedai when she was fighting the Trollocs but she didn't even really talk about it and then we have Lan explaining to the boys like you know, she can heal us and the horses, but she's going to need to rest. So we're getting some input from land too. But in reality, yeah. In term- when I say we, I mean like the uninformed reader, myself. Right. Don't actually have an idea of her power. So I think knowing that she did the fog helped me to understand that like the weird shit that's going on, it's most likely due to her, especially destroying the fairy because who is that helping? It's helping them. So it's kind of like putting two and two right. together. And also she pretty much admits to it. They ask her and she's like, shut <laughs> I up. know. <laughs> yeah, so. I know. No, because I think the boys at one point even be like, "She just destroyed that. Like, what is she gonna do to us or something?" Yeah, which is fair, you know, yeah. because you've just been whisked away from home and now you're alone with these two adults, and you're like, "I'm actually not an adult yet," even though I felt like I was one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's relatable. not explaining anything to them, which I know we'll get to this later, which no. makes it even weirder that she's now yeah. best friends with Egwene. Why? I have so many thoughts and theories about next things coming up because this came out of nowhere for me. Like I nowhere yeah. in my predictions was I was like Egwene's the 
the one again i was we'll so excited it. for you to get to this part because it just, just you, like it really isn't foreshadowed at all except for the fact that she comes with them and moraine for whatever reason was okay with her coming right. with them and it's because of this because she maybe had some inkling that Egwene could channel oh wait wait wait. we gotta pause because we're, we're gonna get there there's a lot going on yeah we'll, we'll get there there's a couple things i want to talk about just a few yes. like notes i think where first of all moraine mentions something about the drag car and murdral so okay. she says when explaining to tom because tom after they get across the river was like well couldn't you have extended this fog a little further mm. towards bear line to hide us a little bit longer so they don't find us so soon and moraine has a giant galaxy brain and is like hold up tom i already thought this through okay of course because the fog goes up and down the river so far they won't know if they took a boat down river or up river or crossed the river and then are going to barilon now and if whereas if they had extended the fog towards barilon to just kind of cover them on the road then it would have been very obvious mm-hmm. to the dry car who's flying overhead where they were going and then they it could have relayed that to the Merdral, and the Merdral could have found some way to bring the Trollocs across the river or mm-hmm. something like that. But this way, it gives them a little bit more time. And Moraine made a point that Dragkar are not very smart. They're very dangerous, and they have sharp eyes, but they won't be able to suss out why she did that. And so then it's yeah. going to have to search the whole river. Versus Merdral, which are very smart. And are kind of like the brains of the group. That's why the Murdral leads the Trollocs around and is kind of like the commander for them. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was like a, some little nuggets of knowledge that we have for the Shadow Spawn. That right. was interesting. No, very interesting. Also, what kind of confidence does the Gleeman have to question Moraine? Everyone's terrified <laughs> of her. Know. She just yeah. destroyed this fairy. And he's like, I actually think... You did something wrong. Yeah. I mean, he also already disrespected her once by, remember when he was giving that performance for the Emmons Fielders, and then as soon as he sees her, he's like, no, I'm out. Bye. So he's he's got some issues with Aes Sedai. Maybe he's dealt with them in the past or something. Why is he? Why did he join them? (laughs) By the time he decided to come on their journey, he knew she was Aes Sedai. Why the fuck are you here? He's a masochist. No, no, because he thinks that his talents are needed in Tar Valen. He wants to entertain the Aes Sedai as if they're not fucking magicians. I just, oh, okay, reel it in. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Reel it back. It's fine. No, I just, I wanted to talk about, before we get into Egwene, there's some other things, but I do want to talk about the actual Whirlpool event. Yeah. So, so I was confused by this. So I have a couple things I wrote down as to what. So as I guess before, maybe so that Hightower can't take more people across the Terran or so Mm -hmm. that he and the haulers are going to have to like walk along the river until they kind of have a point where they can cross to return to the village. So it's going to take them longer. So it's going to be... I know. How is he going to get back over? Right. And so it's going to be longer for them to return to the village to then tell people about the passengers they just had, like something like that. I think, but you're right. Moraine is concerned entirely with timing. So she needs more time yeah. to get them across the river. She needs more time to get them to Barillon. So it's all about this. And then yeah. she says an unfortunate occurrence. That's what she tells them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's so nonchalant. And then she just turns and walks away. She's yeah. like, well, and, and moving on, which again, I guess as the leader, you can only worry about so much. So much of your job is to delegate shit to land pretty much. So, yeah. you know, however, she goes after Matt and Perrin. I believe Matt and Perrin, they, they go like, uh, did you? What did you do? And she goes, right. you all want explanations, but if I explain my every action to you, I would have no time for anything else. 
fair. However, she explains her entire plan to Tom Marilyn. So you had time for that. You had time to explain your entire plan to him, but you couldn't explain the whirlpool. So also they're about to go into the cave of trees. So they clearly have some time then. So, but you know, whatever. She, she has her reasons. She's very tight lipped about everything. Very. For the better or worse. Very tight lipped. I just. One other thing about that, um, just that we learn about Aes Sedai, which I think we kind of already learned maybe when she made the fog, is that they don't have to do any kind of big hand movements or like waving around. She doesn't need her staff to channel like Mm -hmm. that. She just stares at the water and then it turns into a whirlpool. So we don't know what she's doing or what she's seeing, but it just, someone else looks like she's not doing anything at all. Yeah, it's wild to me. I think, yeah, in a lot of other, like, fantasy series, like, there needs to be some sort of, like, uh, what would be the word? Like, conduit of magic? Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter has the Mm -hmm. wand, or, yeah, she has her staff, but you're right, she just sort of looks, and it's kind of, like, more the more advanced uh, spells you get in Harry Potter, like, you don't have to say them. Like, the, you know, that's sort of what they're learning at the end of their time at Hogwarts. So maybe it's something like that, but I don't know. To me... Before, Moraine was just this weird person. Like, she's weird. But now it's like she's kind of scary to me at this point. Mm -hmm. Because I think she has so much power. I think they made it seem like she was kind of weakened by the Trolloc attack. And she really needed to, like, lay low. And now they're out on this journey. And she's just, like, whipping out this fog. Coming up with these insane plans. Taking out this fairy. All by Mm -hmm. doing pretty much nothing. I don't know. I just, she gives me a creepy feeling. I don't really like it. You can see why maybe the Two Rivers folk are nervous about Aes Sedai being yeah. around. Well, yeah, it's like anything. You don't, you fear the things you don't know. You fear the unknown. And that's exactly what she is. It's like, you have so much power. We don't trust you. You only do things because you, of your mission, whatever that might be. You told us you were a historian of the Evans Field. That's a lie. <laughs> okay? Is it a lie? She did know a lot about Manetherin, so... She, well, this is fair. She did. And I, I actually, I'm going to reference that, but I uh, forgot what that t- village was called, so thank you. Very oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Um, do you have anything else before we get into the Egwene bomb? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I think... The last thing I wanted to point out just has to do with more channeling stuff. Lan yeah. mentions that, um, oh, when when they make camp, everyone is commenting on how the horses don't even seem like they need a rest or anything. And Lan oh, is like, yeah, they don't yeah. look like it, but it, they'll run until they drop dead from exhaustion. So yeah. they're still feeling it. They just don't feel it. You know? Yeah. Is that true for horses? They don't, they don't, well, is it true for most animals? They can't really present that they're hurt or exhausted right no i think this is solely because moraine kind of healed them before at one point and gave them more energy so it to them it feels like they're fine but their body will eventually feel the after effects of what all the work that they're actually doing okay so that's just an interesting point but i think that's pretty much it before we get into the real nitty-gritty with Mm. the power i mean i i have there's just so much there is here. a lot. I have about a page and a half for this in my notes. Get ready for a history lesson, everyone. Why don't you get into it? Because I kind of wrote down some of the terms, but I'll say right off the bat, to be honest, I don't like this. I don't like that Egwene can channel. I don't like it. But okay. you can get into this, Julia. 
All right, so let's get into Moraine's conversation with Egwene when all the boys are, you know, taking care of the horses, putting them away for the night, and then everyone goes in to the cave. Moraine and Egwene are already in there talking because, like we said, Egwene can channel. And so Moraine is giving her, like, some kind of history lesson on the One Power. So to start off, the One Power comes from this thing called the True Source, which Moraine ends up comparing to, like, a river. Mm -hmm. So the True Source isn't something that can be used up by anyone. The people who are able to use it, aka the women and the men who can channel, they have a certain amount of access to it. So like Moraine was implying before, not every woman has the same power level as Mm -hmm. each other. The quote is, The one power comes from the true source, the driving force of creation, the force the creator made to turn the wheel of time. So there's the name of the book series, right? And the source cannot be used up (laughs) any more than the river can be used up by the wheel of a mill. The source is the river, the Aes Sedai, the water wheel. I will say this uh, analogy, I think, super helpful. Yeah. I think I would have grasped this and not gone into my Dragon Tales thought if I knew this. But (laughs) this is much more helpful in understanding that because you're right. It's like the one power is a continual stream. Like you can sort of grasp at it and pull from it, which Mm -hmm. not everyone can Mm do. Right. And so it's always accessible to those who can channel, but it never runs out. It's sort of like a recycling thing. Like we kind of talked about this, like the pattern of the age and it's all this. Yeah. It's like the energy of life, in my opinion. Like it's like she's saying, it's the force that the creator uses to turn the wheel of time. So it's what drives forward time. So it's like that can never... It can't be finite unless time has an ending or something, which, you know, you hope it doesn't. That's another podcast. At least to a mortal human, it's uh, infinite. Yeah. And she goes further into it. And we already kind of know part of this, that the one power is split up into two, right? It's one half is called Sidene, which is the male half. And the other half is called Sidar, which is the female half. And she says they work against each other to provide that force So, A.K. they have to work together to provide the force that the creator uses to turn the wheel of time. So it's important that they work together. It's kind of that yin-yang idea again. Mm -hmm. But the thing with Sidene, like we already know, is that it's tainted by the Dark One. Got the taint. And I love this analogy. It makes it so clear to me that it's like water. Pure water is Sidene itself, but the water has a thin slick of rancid oil floating on top. And in order to get to the pure water, you have to put your hand through the oil slick to get there, which just taints everything. It's why men go crazy when they channel, because as much as they channel, they're also touching the taint, which drives them mad because it's the Dark One's touch, and he doesn't like saying things, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, any man who has the ability to touch Sidene... Or the man who has what they call the ability born in them will die of insanity unless the Red Aja gentles them. So this is something I've also mentioned before. Gentling that means is to essentially, kill them, right? It's it's not killing actually, although no. they usually die anyway. No. Gentling is cutting them off from the one power. So they can no longer access it and it stops them from going insane. Or at least it stops them at whatever insanity they're at at that point, And then they can't use the one power to do massive damage like they did in the breaking of the world. But they're not good. 
So that it stops them. So it's basically like they get to the point of insanity and then they're insane, but at least they can't hurt yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I think they mention it here, maybe not, but basically it, people who get cut off from the one power like that just end up wanting to die or going off to die and like rotting and yeah. dying like that. It's just like when you lose access to the one power, life seems worthless yeah, it's kind of like a person. drug almost is how it's being yeah. described it's sort of like when you lose right. access to that you have to look at yourself um okay i'm gonna say this reference stay with me here okay. to me this reminds me of avatar last airbender when at the mm. end when ang takes the fire lord's ability to bend away from him yeah that's kind of what this reminds me yeah. of it's like you're not killing these people but you're taking away their only identity kind of their only source of power and strength and then what are they what do you have left nothing yes yeah. that was your yeah. entire identity so but this makes more sense where they're they're being gentled but yeah they're right. they you're try not, to make it sound good but it's not good well, right it's just like i i wonder if they're if we ever uh, in the 14 books meet a group of men who have been gentled and if if they're still living or if they're still like at all sane because um, to me it just seems like they they would die that if a, mm-hmm. a male I said a male person who can channel is found they just immediately kill them to me that would make the most sense in terms of just keeping it safe for everyone around them right because that's the danger right. that they yeah. could channel and then destroy a bunch of other things it's not just about the person itself we're trying to protect this whole yeah. area and all no, the people no moraine even goes into and explains the red aja's whole duty their prime duty is to prevent another breaking of the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. and that's why they go around and gentle any man who can channel because that's their solution to it because the people who broke the world in the first place were the original 100 companions and then every other man who could channel at the time 3000 years ago so it's not like this is it's not like their heart is in the wrong place. Yeah. Although I don't know if I would call it their heart. It's it's not like the the goal is wrong, but the way they go about it is again not one it's like ultimately good or ultimately bad. It's kind of this weird gray area where you can see how some people would justify it, but others wouldn't necessarily agree with the methods that they go through. So there are sects of Aes Sedai. So this one, the one who's duty to prevent another breaking of the world is called the Red Aja. They're the ones who hunt down and gentle men who can channel. There are other Ajas within the White Tower, but we don't really know them yet, but I'm sure we'll we'll get into that okay. at some point in the series. I'm not sure when. Okay. No, I, yeah, no idea. So there's a lot, like, there's still a very large air of mystery to the eyes to the eye, but we'll yes. get into it eventually. So okay. with that aside... Why don't we talk about Egwene and her relationship with the One Power? Yeah. So there are women who have the ability to channel born in them. This, I don't know if it's mentioned in this chapter, but it's called having the spark. And these people, and Egwene is one of them, will channel no matter what. They can't stop themselves eventually when they're close to what Moraine calls their turning. They will channel at some point whether they're being guided through it by an Aes Sedai or whether they're not. And if they're not, it could be disastrous because they can't control their own power right away. Wait, so what? Are, what's the other option? If you're not born with this ability, you learn it? That doesn't seem like Yeah, that. so the other option is there are women who are able to learn it but not, wouldn't necessarily channel on their own. 
like Egwene would. So, and the people who are born with the spark is actually very few and far between, is what Moraine mm-hmm. says. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with their power level or their ability to channel, like, how much they can channel. Um, but Egwene is one of those who would channel no matter what. So it's good that Moraine found her <laughs> without right. her having to go through this on her own. Huh. And the women who don't get this guiding that Egwene is about to get from Moraine can die if you don't do it right. Because the power just, it's too much for them to handle. It's hard without a guide, Moraine says. And I said, I, they go around looking for women who can channel because obviously they want anyone who can to join their ranks, but they don't find everyone. So this does happen to some women out in the world who aren't found by the Aes Sedai in time. Mm-hmm. And she kind of leaves it vague. Moraine just said there are some spooky, unspoken, unpleasant effects if you try to channel without any training. How do you... How would you know that you're... This is so confusion with Egwene. It's like she's going to channel no matter what. How does she know she's going to channel? Is it going to be something where she's only going to channel like subconsciously like uh, because of a traumatic event? Like if her life is being threatened, then she would probably channel then. And then she would realize. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. She might not even realize. It could just be very confusing and seem like a coincidence to her. Or it could be very obvious like... I, like, you call down lightning on yourself. I don't know. Right. It's, I don't really know what the f- initial channeling looks like to most women, but it, it's not always obvious. Right, because she kind of has to go through, like, puberty, the, cha- the change yeah. or the turning yeah, or exactly. whatever, which also very vague. Not sure what that is. The first touching. Yeah, the first touching, I know, which I don't really like that term. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, her first touching with Rand. <laughs> <laughs> Egwene's like, we've already touched. Quite a few times, so. He touched my braid. <laughs> anyway, it's like the Avatar. Um, exactly. <laughs> Ew. So the other thing Moraine mentions is that I said I can feel the presence of another woman who can channel. So this is how she knew, probably, back when Egwene burst her way into the barn and demanded to come with them and Moraine said yes. Moraine probably could feel that Egwene could channel and was like, oh, well, obviously we have to take her with us because we're going to Tar Valley. Yeah, this is where I'm so confused. We'll get here, but like, you didn't sense before when Moraine was around Egwene? She didn't give uh, Egwene a coin? I I just, I don't know. you know, you could say that it was just... She would take it if it came to her, but she wasn't going to go grab Egwene and be like, come with us when there's Trollocs following us. Like, there's not so many Aes Sedai as there once was. Mm-hmm. So to lose someone who has the spark born in them, who is going to be very strong, Moraine says, in the One Power, um, would be really devastating to the Tower. So I don't know. I feel like she probably wouldn't want to risk Egwene. Because like you said, they have this kind of kinship immediately now. I don't like it. Have we forgotten about Nynaeve? Yeah. I'm sorry, Egwene, do you remember Nynaeve? I haven't forgotten her. We remember Nynaeve. Yeah. And her stick and the braid. Exactly. I I guess we'll talk about that more, but there's just, I have a lot of issues with this entire plot point. I just don't mm-hmm. like it. Doesn't make sense. So, so then after she gets that history lesson, Moraine has Egwene or she guides Egwene through her first touching with mm-hmm. the stone, the blue stone, I think, that sits on Moraine's forehead usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. She says it can light up. It can produce light. And so she holds the stone in Egwene's hand and then places her hand on Egwene's temple. And 
we see the lights starting to flash, and Rand is like watching from the distance. Oh like, yeah, please don't flash. It's just it's got to just be Moraine. It's not a Gwaine. She messed yeah. up. It's not happening. Well, it is. It is Moraine, right? And yeah. It all the like the strong flashes are all Moraine, and at the very end, there's one feeble flash. Yeah, and that is supposedly all Gwaine's on her own, which Moraine says most women have to spend months studying at the White Tower to be able to do that on their own. So she's already a quick learner, which is <laughs> probably just devastating to Rand. But Egwene is so excited. Also, I you know you read this here, but it, it's a stone. Was I that far off? Okay. No, the, the no, channel no. Egwene also thought the same thing. She literally said, oh, does that have the power in it? And Moraine, of course, is like offended. Yeah, I <laughs> know like, she goes, no, you stupid things, child. things do not have the power, child. I was like, yeah. yeah, Moraine, could you have told me that chapter two, maybe? <laughs> Come I on, know. I'm an idiot. No, Moraine's not the most forthcoming, but that's pretty much where it ends, is just Egwene can, in fact, channel. She's actually very good at channeling compared to most women, and she had the ability born in her, so it was well, going to happen anyway. Sorry, Rand. And she basically tells, uh, Moraine tells Egwene, you could be the Amerlincy. You could be not only Aes right? Sedai, but you could be the head of Aes Sedai, of all of them. Right. You have to be, because no I, I read this in the glossary, you have to be nominated by this huge council of Aes Sedai to be the Amerlincy. Mm -hmm. And Moraine's like, mm -hmm. yeah, so you produce this little flicker. You're probably strong enough. You're going to have to work hard, right. but you're probably strong enough to do this. It just seems like way too much gassing Egwene up like Gwen's done <laughs> yeah. nothing and I don't yeah I don't like this I'm gonna be honest I don't like any of this I am very thrown by it because as you said she was not part of this journey she just showed up and then Moraine's like whatever it's fine you felt Moraine you felt Egwene as your fellow Aes Sedai person and you're mm -hmm. not like oh she should come with us like I don't care there's trollocs going on there's this threat wouldn't you think Moraine would want Another Aes Sedai to be near her to protect her. And she says <laughs> that Aes Sedai sometimes just turn into, like, wisdoms of the village. So why aren't we right. zoning on Nynaeve? What about Nynaeve? I just, I don't like it. Also because all of my theories are in Rand. Rand is the main character here. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I, yeah, I just, I'm very thrown by this. And Rand is not about it. I'm not really sure why. Maybe because he's, like, jealous, I guess. But this this entire chapter was confusing to me because we're running away from the Trollocs because of Matt, Perrin, and Rand. Egwene's just this side character. And all of a sudden, now she's she's the one. She's the chosen one. Right. I don't like this. Yeah. Also, she she's becoming more and more annoying to me. I don't like that she's lining up with Moraine. <laughs> I want to know more about Rand and hang out with him. And Pat, Pat, that's the name for them. Pat, the those two boys. Um. They're just sort of side characters. And it's like, they're the yeah. they're the reason that we're on this journey. And now mm -hmm. it's about Egwene. I don't like it. She's special too. Everyone's special. I don't know. Just something about it is just frustrating to me. It just seems too convenient. Yeah. Oh, she can channel. Not yeah. only can she channel, but she's the most powerful among us. Like, come on. Come on. Right. Right. I know. It's a big surprise, a big shock to everyone. I think... I think Rand is jealous in his own way, uh, not obviously about being able to channel, because he, that's scary to everyone from the tours except for Egwene, but just that she's she's now very determined to mm -hmm. be Aes Sedai, I think. Like, she's excited. I guess that's, that's a part of maybe why is, it's frustrating to me. It's like, 
it's uh, I don't know. It's not about you, Egwene. Stop being excited. This journey isn't <laughs> about you. And now it's like I'm I Sedai. I want to be. She doesn't even know what's going on with the boys, though. Yeah, but they don't even know. No one tells us right. anything. Okay, me. I'm part of them. I'm not defending or supporting either side here. Yeah. But there's a lot of a lack of communication on all sides here. And yeah. It, well, yeah. It is frustrating. Will continue to be frustrating. No, you're right. It's a theme. Dealing with any young people, there is going to be... Because we're all very selfish, right. so we only think of things mm-hmm. in the perspective of us and our wants. So there's definitely that going yeah. on. But I guess for me, I'm frustrated because it's just it came out of nowhere, and I just don't really right. think yeah. it is going with the story at all, and it's just kind of annoying to me. Yeah, I just... I don't like it. I don't, I don't really want to know about Egwene's training in this. I don't like how... She's being told that she's the best one ever. It's just, to me, it's not really compelling yeah. um, that she's not like, oh, this this isn't true. Like, this isn't right, you know? Kind of like when Harry mm-hmm. Potter was told mm-hmm. he was a wizard. It's like, no, that's not true. I'm an orphan. And they're like... Uh, like the reluctant hero. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe that's what I'm, I'm looking for. Harry Potter. No, it's just... <laughs> yeah. I'm explaining myself poorly, but uh, the feeling I got when I read it was just like, No. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. I'm not I'm not yeah. interested in Egwene's journey. I don't care. That's fair. So that's fair. All right. Sorry. Well, that's everyone. it for me. Um, what predictions do you have for me, if any? Um, I have a few. I kind of touched on them already. Running prediction, I just hope the gleeman dies. Um, mm-hmm. I think that during Egwene's training, she might like accidentally just bolt him and kill him. That would be cool. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a hope. Yeah. That's a hope for me. Another one getting into more more real predictions. Nynaeve, I think that she is Aes Sedai or could potentially be because she's a wisdom. But I guess because she didn't burst in the barn and make her presence known and force them to take her into the journey. Like Mm -hmm. Moraine is not paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I don't know. I just I'm still very annoyed by this whole Egwene disaster. (laughs) So I, but I think if Nynaeve is Aes Sedai, she's going to be the Amaralyn seat. She's much more powerful. Okay. She's the best. We do love Nynaeve. We We keep forgetting about Nynaeve. Never forget. That's what I say. Here's my, here's my real prediction. Egwene, and this is not based on what I said before, not liking her, but this is just where I see things going. I think she's going to die before they reach Tarvalon. Um, during her training to become Aes Sedai because they're very far from Tarvalon. They are only like, what, are, yeah. just past the river, like on the riverbank? Yeah, they just got out of the two rivers. They're not even like, yeah. they haven't seen a big town yet, let alone a city, let alone Tarvalon, which is supposed to be the most beautiful city in the world. Like, they got a ways to go. Yeah, it's going to take them a while, probably months to get there. But um, I just think that she's not going to make it. So my theory is, I think she's going to try to pull too much and exhaust herself like that old queen did while protecting her kingdom, which I know you know the name, Julia, I uh, forgot, um, that Moraine was I talking about. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. But like when the, the kingdom was being overrun by Trox and the queen was like, Poof! and then she right. pulls on the one power, kills them all, but she also kills herself. But I think Egwene mm-hmm. might do that too because of this sort of innate ability that she has and she won't realize that she's doing it and then she's going to... And so it's going to be an accident. Moraine's going to try to attempt to save Egwene, but I think the circumstances that they're in at that moment are very dangerous. And so Moraine isn't actually able to spend the time like she did with Tam to heal Egwene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think they're going to have to evacuate and Egwene might have to be left behind. Uh, and she's going to perish. So she's not going to make it to Tarf Allen. 
like I said, I'm not saying, I know some of my theories are usually pretty dire, someone has to die type of thing. I know, I was just going to say all of your theories are about someone dying, and I kind of <laughs> love it. Sorry, where my head's been at lately is very dark. Um, but I think that, <sighs> I don't know, I just, maybe my other annoyance with this whole reveal is it seems so happy, it seems so full of adventure. It's fun, I'm going to be mm-hmm. an Aes Sedai! Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, there's, like you said, it's there's no reluctance whatsoever from Egwene, which is very different from how the boys left Emmons Field, and she's been happy-go-lucky the whole time. So. She has been, and, like, you know, there are moments that Rand points out where she, you know, she's leaning against her horse and she seems tired, or she's trying to fake being uh, not super sore from riding a long time. Mm-hmm. So she is mm-hmm. having struggles, but you're right, she's hiding them and is very excited, but... I just think there's things that are going too right for her. Mm-hmm. And also, this would be a huge blow to Moraine, like you said, if uh, Moraine found Egwene and she dies under Moraine's watch. That's really bad for all the Aes Sedai's back at, back at the camp, right. Tar Valen. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. this isn't part of my theory. It's just something I thought of right now. Moraine going to Emmons Field, her, her goal was not to find Egwene. I don't think she knew that she was there. I still think it was Rand. That's my that's my driving theory. But I just, mm-hmm. I don't see mm-hmm. Egwene making it to Tar Valen. I think, because we're not even halfway through the book, so I'm pretty sure by the end of this book, they're going to be in Tar Valen. That's a free theory for uh, all of you guys. I just you. don't see Egwene making it. Or so, something has to happen to her. But I just said death, because it's an easy one to, <laughs> to yeah. go for. Nice. So, any, all right. Anywho. Well, We'll see. Will Egwene die? Will Tom die? Will they both die together on the way? And then we'll just have the best team ever. Find out next episode on Dragon Ball Z Coplin Talk. Exactly. I just, I think that the listeners probably are more frustrated with me at this point. Because it's like, Lily, you hate the peddler and the gleeman. And now you're out on Egwene? And now you're only, your favorite character is someone who's not even in this book, Nynaeve? And I get it. I know it can be annoying, but this is just, these are just my thoughts. You gotta thoughts. be honest. Yeah, that's what we're here for. I have been working on my notes since the second I woke up this morning, so my brain is just flooded with Wheel of Time yeah. theories. Yeah. So, listen, this is lot. why we're called Coplin Talk, everyone. You're not gonna enjoy every opinion. You're not gonna enjoy this. We're not always gonna get everything right. Disclaimer. <laughs> this is for hate listening only. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I gotta be honest. The Egwene thing did not spark joy in me as marie kondo would say i don't like this i don't like it we'll find out on the next episode and i think that pretty much wraps it up for us uh if you have any hot takes you want to share with us if you're really mad about any of lily's opinions please email us bring it on at coplintalk at gmail.com or tweet at us that too coplintalk um pretty much everywhere and by everywhere i mean just gmail and twitter so everywhere Please reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Really. We would love it. Tell me how I'm wrong. Talk to Julia about spoiler things. Rate and review. Leave us that one star review if you hate everything to do with this do podcast. It. I dare you. Do it. We're not afraid. No. We're we're the opposite of wait, no. Anywho. <laughs> okay, bye everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, uh.